Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 36. Here's Pastor Ryan. That he has superiority over the southern kingdom of Judah. He's so powerful that he's changing the name of their king and actually placing the king he wants over them, but changing that king's name. It's a display of of absolute authority and power to say, no, I'm changing your name. You know, when I was in my Egypt days, B.C., before Christ days, you know, where I'm from, you get nicknames. And I was called by my nickname for almost nine years that it was almost a relief when I would hear my God-given name of Ryan. There was an innocence to my name, and there wasn't an innocence to my nickname. In the book of Revelation chapter 3, the Lord says to those who overcome the church of Philadelphia, he says to them, I will write on him my new name. My new name. God gives us a new reputation, a new life, and a new name. Satan wants to just bring bad names to us. We did so much to have some form of honor and respect when we were in the streets. To think that, as the Bible says, that if you delight yourself in the Lord, he shall give you the desires of your heart. As a kid, I was never honored. I was never respect. I was never truly loved. And God has given me those things because he's a good God. He's a good God. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord his God. Nebuchadnezzar, what a name, huh, guys? The king of Babylon came up against him and bound him in bronze fetters to carry him off to Babylon. Now, Jehoiakim paid a tribute to Nebuchadnezzar for three years. And then he rebelled and said, no, I'm not going to do that. Guys, this is the time of Jeremiah. You read Jeremiah. And, and this is God's prophet on the scene is telling all of the kingdom of Judah, all of the Israelites there, he's saying to them, do not resist the Babylonians coming and taking you as slaves. That's, from, that's God's punishment. Don't resist it. How easy was it for kings like Jehoiakim or uh, uh, Zedekiah uh, uh, next, who will say, oh, come on. 
Our God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of Israel. He parted the Red Sea and saved us. And surely you're, you're out of your mind and would throw Jeremiah in prison. Oh, no, no, no. All of those benefits of God were for those who love him. They are not for those who disobey him. It's Wednesday night and I don't know what my point was. But the Holy Spirit hopefully is zapping somebody. <laughs> oh, well, Nebuchadnezzar came down, put him in bronze fetters to carry him off to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar also carried off some of the articles from the house of the Lord of Babylon and put them in his temple at Babylon. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim, the abominations which he did and what was found against him, indeed they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. Then Jehoiachin, his son, reigned in his place. Um... The Babylonians would come into Jerusalem, three major uh, attacks where they would take captives. This is the first one in uh, 605 BC, which they say that the prophet Daniel was amongst those those Israelites taken captive. So the prophet Daniel and his buddies would be taken as well with Jehoiakim in that first wave. The second wave will come in 597 B.C. and then the final wave in 586 B.C. And so it's three attacks where they would just take captives. Uh, and the Lord said, look, this is of me. Just go with it and it'll be well with you in that land. I'm t- God's so gracious, is he not? He didn't say, you know, uh, just go with them and it'll be terrible for you. He said, no, this is punishment. 70 years, just go with it. You deserve it. Go with, go, you know. And uh, some went and most went, actually. Um, But uh, anyhow, we continue. Uh, Jehoiachin, hope he had a big chin was eight years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem three months and ten days and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Well, an uh, eight-year-old, the commentators believe there was an error in, in they missed the one that he was 18. So, right? And so just look into it. Um, Throughout scripture, you see little... um, Hiccups, but nothing that changes the context of what is being said. Jehoiachin was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months and ten days. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And at the turn of the year, King Nebuchadnezzar summoned him and took him to Babylon with the costly articles from the house of the Lord and made Zedekiah Jehoiakim's brother king over Judah and Jerusalem. And so Jehoiachin um, would go there and Jeremiah uh, tells us that um, he would be released, that this king uh, Jehoiachin in the 37th year of 
his time in Babylon, that Nebuchadnezzar would just start favoring him and feed him from his own table, his own food, his own supply. He found favor and he was released and was able to live out, out of his prisoner or captivity clothing and just, you know, be blessed. And some believe it's because of the prophet Daniel's influence. So, Jehoiachin. Um, Zedekiah. There's a lot about him in Jeremiah. You read the book of Jeremiah. There's so much about Zedekiah. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord his God and did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar who had made him swear an oath by God, but he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord God of Israel. Moreover, all the leaders of the priests and the people transgressed more and more according to all the abominations of the nations and defiled the house of the Lord, which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. So Zedekiah, just all of this is taking place and Zedekiah still doesn't humble himself before the Lord. is so hard-hearted, so wanting to do his own thing that he put Jeremiah in prison and, and just did his own thing. And his priests were corrupt. And you can read about it in Jeremiah, just a, a total mess at the temple, total corruption, total idolatry, total wickedness. And so uh, that's what it's saying here, that they just can, they continue to defile the house of the Lord, which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. So he's basically asking for it, you know, he's asking for more judgment from God. And the Lord God of their father sent warnings to them by his messengers, rising up early and sending them because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God, despised his words and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. And I just, uh, I'm so blown away at that, aren't you? I mean, God set, set warnings to them because he had compassion. He kept sending prophets. He kept sending, you know, godly people into their lives to warn them to change. It's not too late. It's not too late. Because that's God's heart. He has a heart of compassion. We're told in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, that that is his heart. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. But he is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The reason why judgment has not hit the planet Earth yet by God is because God is full of compassion and long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. We are in a the time of the of the of the gentiles of the church and god has called all of us to be witnesses by the power of his holy spirit to a lost and dying world that is ripe for judgment the united states is ripe for judgment it's coming there's evil all over our land there's evil all over the world and his judgment is coming and we are here today in order to warn those that we love, those that we know, those that we don't know, to get right with God, 
Get right with God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, Paul says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's the message of the gospel. Repent. Give your life to Jesus Christ. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Be reconciled to God through his Son. I love John chapter 15. I'm, I'm there in my personal reading, and I, I, I'm just so blessed. Can you turn there with me, guys, please? We're almost going to wrap it up here. John 15. Verse uh, 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. If they kept my word, they'll keep your word. I mean, Jesus is saying here to the disciples and really to the church, those who are, those who will honor Jesus' words will honor you as a Christian. Those who don't, won't. Zedekiah would not honor Jeremiah's words, because Zedekiah did not honor God's words. Those who love Christ will love Christians. Those who don't, won't. And that's what the Lord said. Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. There's so much uh, truth uh, that Jesus, uh, you know, preaches prior to the cross in his prayers to the Father, in his teaching of the disciples, so much about loving him and keeping his commandment and keeping his word and, and, and all about obedience. There's just so much about obedience. And, uh, and, and so many rejected the Lord while he was here. So many would reject his disciples. Throughout the history of this book, as we study the history of it, as we go through the verses, so many prophets were disrespected. If you look at the the hall of, of, of faith in Hebrews 11. Isaiah, they said, was cut in half. The apostle Paul got his head cut off. The apostle Peter was crucified upside down. So here we are as ambassadors of Christ, as if he is pleading through us. Don't be surprised when they don't receive it. I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not my job to, to, you know, be offended when they don't receive the word that I say from the Lord. It's okay. They did it for, with our king. Of course, it's going to happen to you and I as well. We learn to get thick skin. It's okay. It's not about us anyways. We just preach the truth. And if it falls on fertile, soft, ground of the heart it'll bear fruit if there's hardness or pride it won't and it's not a personal thing that's just the way it goes 
And so it says here that, uh, and the Lord their God, and the Lord God of their father sent warnings to them by his messengers rising up early and sending them. That's you, salt and light, warn them. Good Christians warn people when they're going to fall into a ditch of eternal damnation. <laughs> you know, so be a good Christian. <laughs> um, they, but they mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. Therefore he brought against them the king of the uh, Chaldeans who killed their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion on young man or virgin on the aged or the weak. He gave them all into his hand and all the articles from the house of God, great and small, the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king and of his leaders, all these he took to Babylon. Then they burned the house of God, broke down the wall of Jerusalem, burned all its palaces with fire and destroyed all its precious possessions and those who escaped from the sword he carried away to Babylon where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia. The Persians would take over the Babylonians soon enough to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. And so in Leviticus, it talks about the land having a Sabbath rest as the law of the Sabbath for man that he was to work uh, six days and rest on the seventh day. Do no work, just relax, enjoy the Lord, get some rest, recuperate. Um, the land, the children of Israel were ordered by God, commanded by God, that when you go into the land I'm giving you, you can, you can, you can sow it, you can plow it, you can work the land and, and reap for six years straight. In the seventh, you're not to do any of it. No selling agricultural, all organization when it comes to farming, all of that stops one year. What, what does that teach them but faith? Who really provides for your food? You or God? Bible says, do not overwork to be rich. Don't overwork. Don't skip out on church or activities because you're always working. Don't buy into that. A lot of people do. A lot of Christians, man, they think they're, they're cool with God because they're always busy, you know, working all the time. When's, when's there time for the Lord or to serve the Lord? To learn of God and the fellowship. Ah, I work, I'm too busy, you don't understand. Yada, 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 yada. You know what busy is? It's an acronym for being under Satan's yoke. Busy. Busy, 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 busy. That's why God said, chill. Let the ground rest. And whatever spontaneously would pop up out of the ground, that's what they would eat. And, and, and even though it was so-and-so's property, not during that year, anybody can go through anybody's field and just whatever springs up, they could eat. It's just a reminder. 
that it's that we all that we receive we've received it by God like John the Baptist said a man can receive nothing unless it's been given to him by God who are we to boast so the land's gonna get 70 years of rest. like that's what God's thinking about you know, we're all, they're like taken into slavery, but God's like, good, the land, it's going gonna, gonna to rest like I told them it should. Seventy years they owed God. Can you imagine that? They just ignored him for all those years. And um, verse 22, it ends on a high note. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, 70 years later, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, Gentile guys, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing saying, thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given to me and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah, who is among you of all his people, may the Lord his God be with him and let him go up to rebuild it. Pretty cool, huh? Pretty crazy. All at the same time. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 7 through 10, it says, Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his, that's Jesus' seed, remains in him. And he cannot sin because he has been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. That's some heavy New Testament. How do you know that you're in? Generally, we practice righteousness. Not perfect, but generally, pitch me another one. Pitch me another one. Just, we're trying to do right by God. And the opposite is true for those who practice sin. It's an oxymoron. Someone who's born again, who has Jesus' seed in them, we, we can't abide with that. It'll tear us up and we'll repent. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, it says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. We get to keep his commandments. They ain't burdensome. They're not burdensome. Why are they not burdensome? Because we're motivated by what he's done for us. I'm not tripping. It ain't that hard. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. His commandments are not burdensome. It's not slavery to follow Jesus. It's love. It's an honor. Let's do what he says. Let's prove it. Amen?
Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We ask your blessing now upon the word to bear much fruit in our hearts, lasting fruit. Jesus, you are the vine and we are the branches. You say that if we abide in you and you in us, we will bear much fruit, for without you we can do nothing. Our sweet sister Dona said to me, Pastor, you know what abide means? It means not to leave. So Lord, I pray, may we be a people that doesn't leave your side ever and proves our love to you by doing what you say. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.